This month on NCS Reports in the Field, we are celebrating Black History Month. And I am so honored to have James Reed come on the show and talk about his career. But what's more interesting about this interview is we spent a lot of time talking about football, which is a great interest of me, a great interest of James, as we both were college athletes. He was Ole Miss, I was at Alabama. James broke the color barrier at Ole Miss in the early 70s. He and another player by the name of Ben Williams, Gentle Ben Williams, and that's a great story, and I think James tells the story how he got the name Gentle because he was not gentle. He was fierce. He was a fierce defensive lineman and played for the Buffalo Bills uh, during the 1970s. I'm excited to have James on this show. It's really a pleasure to have I've known James my whole career and before my career because when I reported um, as an applicant to Millington, Tennessee, to go through a screening board, which was quite the process at the time, James was the guy who fingerprinted me. And we had a conversation during that time. And I was worried that I was not going to get the job. But James had an air of confidence about him, looked at me and said, you got this. But that's the kind of guy that James always was during his time with NIS. Positive, outgoing, just a pleasure to work with. I can't think of any other guy that I would love to talk to during this month that we're celebrating Black History than James Reed. He's a man who has lived or the process of integration, and it's a great story. And um, I'm excited that we're going to get to be able to tell this today. James is just a great guy. And like I said, I knew him my whole career. Uh, loved talking to him every time I got the chance. And we had a great time in this conversation. I got to tell you, we talked football. We talked about, we talked stories. Um, and James is a great storyteller. So I'm, I'm excited that you all get to hear James Reed's story as a special agent with NCIS and much more. It's the history of NCIS, one career at a time. And James had a significant career with significant impact to the NCIS. So this show starts off a little different, and it's because James was telling such good stories. He was telling good stories. We were having a great conversation, just laughing about stuff. And, you know, I just reached down and I said, I'm hitting the record button. And I didn't tell him that. But then he said, are you recording this now? I said, I'm recording this now. You, your stories are just too good um, to miss. And we just had this back and forth conversation about growing up in the South in the 60s and the 70s. And, you know, his career, um, uh, not only his time at Ole Miss, but his time uh, after Ole Miss, when eventually he did join NCIS, did a lot of interesting stuff uh, while he was with the organization. So I hope that you enjoy this episode of NCIS. Like I said, it starts off a little um, uh, just in an odd way, uh, differently than most shows that I do, but I think it's well worth just hearing the stories that James Reed has to tell. Like I said, great honor to interview James Reed. What a pleasure. He is a blessed man, and I was blessed to interview him. And now, James Reed. Oh, okay. We're being recorded now. <laughs> well, I just, I just, it's such a good conversation. I can't, I'm, yeah. I'm, I may use this. It's, yeah, I may edit this in. I just, yeah, it's just a recorded progress. Wait a minute. What's this? Okay. But, but anyway. <laughs> So he called up and said, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're playing on. And they shipped him, a, uh, his buddy shipped him a, 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 a busload of shoes for us to wear for that specialized, you know, that this specialized surface. 
other than the regular turf shoes that we that we would have worn that, and that we did wear, but they weren't, you know, they weren't made for that particular service. Uh, was this the Tennessee AstroTurf you guys were playing on or what kind of but turf? This was the, whatever, was whatever Vandy had at that time. Oh, Vandy, you, okay. Vandy, yeah, 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 yeah. We never, well, whenever we played Tennessee, we played them in Memphis. Uh, oh. Either we played them in Memphis or Jackson because Nayland Stadium was being remodeled. Oh, I see. At that time. And so we didn't get a chance to play in, in Nayland Stadium then. Different stadium back then. It wasn't as big as it is now. Oh, oh no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. The only time I, I, my son uh, briefly went to school at King College in, in, in Bristol, Tennessee, and he was a huge Tennessee fan. And oh. we went up to see him, and, and I got game, I got ticks to see Ole Miss play yeah. Tennessee. And oh, sweet. we went down to, to, to the game. And that was my only time be, being in Nayland Stadium. And I said, man, this is crazy. I'm sitting here. Yeah, and I'm sure you've been there. Yeah, you, well, the last the time I was there, last time yeah. I was there, they had an open end zone on the north end zone. Uh-huh. So okay. they, they've closed that up. I mean, well, I mean that, was is, 19, this, that was 1975 when I was there. Oh, okay. So this, this was, this was uh, he, he, he was, he graduated 2005, 2006. But um, yeah, yeah, and, and it was, it was a complete bowl then. I mean, it was completely closed in and, and, uh, now you're sitting up top and you're looking out over the um, over the river there. Is it the Tennessee River? Whatever yeah, it is Tennessee that comes river. through there. Yeah, yeah, it's like man, oh, this is crazy. These guys pull up and you know in the in the big yachts, the Tennessee and boats, yeah, <laughs> and, and step right off the thing and go into the stadium. Oh, hey, yeah, you know, again, that's the crazy thing about the SEC. Yeah. Uh, I remember playing playing in Florida, and we beat Florida that year in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't expected to. I had a, a key run doing doing that game and and um uh, what the quarterback did was he he misjudged uh, fourth down third down he thought it was third down when in fact it was fourth down and, and it had something to do with the chain crew not flipping the sign whatever but he he it was actually fourth down so when he when he dropped back to pass he thought that he still had another down to go and instead of throwing it downfield he threw it out of bounds uh, and 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 uh, of course the, the referees blew the whistle fourth down and and the coaches was raising sad and hey it's fourth down remember we talked but anyway we uh, we we won the game so we're standing on the sideline and you, have you been in that stadium uh, Florida no, stadium I never have been okay into Florida stadium you can you can actually jump from the bottom bleach it onto the field that's like a little moat there and um, you can you you just stay close to to the wow. to the stand so we're, we're there. And 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 uh, people start throwing stuff at us, you know. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking, I'm not talking oranges. I'm talking ice. And and uh, some guy had 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 a, had a Bacardi rum bottle. Now I remember Bacardi rum, <laughs> and it was uh, was it a pint, maybe a pint, yeah. or whatever. Anyway, the the seal had not been broken on the bottle, <laughs> so he threw it, <laughs> and he did it, and it sailed over our heads. And they hit the turf, and you you saw it spinning. The coaches were telling us put their helmets on, and we were thinking, man, <laughs> I'd love to have that Bacardi rum bottle. But then again, you oh, talk about all these crazy stories and all this stuff, and, and you That's know, just, uh, the SEC is nuts, man. Their oh my gosh, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> you talked about Willie Shelby and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Shelby and I. This uh, again, Willie Shelby, Ben Williams, mm-hmm. who played for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Jackson Slater, who played for the Rams for many years, Vernon Paris, who had played at Canada for the Houston Royals, of course, Shelby played Cincinnati Bengals. 
Mm-hmm. And um, Joe Laurie, who tried out with the Buffalo Bills, and, and, and there were several other guys who went on to Jackson State and went on to play professional ball. We were all in the same high school all-star game together. And, 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 and there again, yeah, of course, uh, Willis Shelby. Willis Shelby is from Leesville, Mississippi. Uh-huh. Our senior year, Willie Shelby was a scoring champ in Mississippi, and I was a rushing champ. I, I ran for 1,316 yards and 329 yards, and whatever the case may be, scored 13 touchdowns. Hmm. But, uh, you know, there again, you know, you would talk about Willie Shelby and then Woodrow Lowe and all those guys at sure. Alabama during that time. Todd Cook, uh, uh, hmm. um, who, there was a guy who played defensive back on, on, that, on that side of the ball. I, I can't think of his name, but. You know, of course, again, Alabama had, uh, you know, had uh, uh, had a star-studded team. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Stedman Chile was somewhere around. I remember that name. 79, 78, 79. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But and anyway, so. The Rutledge, the Rutledge brothers, Gary yeah. Rutledge and Jeff Rutledge, and then kind of yeah. into those guys. But you, but but you just remember. remember uh, they had a defensive back named Washington who was really good. Um, yeah. Uh, who, who was I was thinking of the guys. All SEC. This, this guy was uh, all SEC and uh, behind um, Leroy Cook. Remember, was it was Leroy, oh, yeah, Cook, Leroy Cook. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pat Phoenix. Pat, Pat Phoenix. Phoenix. There you go. Wow. But there again, you know, you you, you See, think your memory is better than you think it is. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you remember you remember the hard licks. You remember the players <laughs> you had to play against because those are the guys you had to get prepared for. <laughs> God. Woodrow Lowe knocked me out of the game. It was oh like, man. His, oh, his, his brother knocked me out of practice one time. Yeah, back in the day, you know, you 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 suffered a concussion and you stand on yeah. the sideline with an ice pack on your head and ammonia cavern on your nose and <laughs> you'd be back and, in there in four plays. That's right. <laughs> and today uh, 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 you know, you 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 headed to the, the concussion protocol. Tim. Yeah. Uh, what happened to Lee? Oh man, he's in the tent. You know, he's getting checked out for certain. He'll be out for two out. weeks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sitting around. Oh man. Oh my goodness. That, that was, uh, we laugh, but those are uh, those. That's the way it was. Oh man. Then. It was like there was a. It was you know concussions were just part of the deal. It, it was you know uh, um, when 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 Ben Williams died. His wife donated his brain to uh, the concussion protocol study. Yeah. And they documented injury to his brain that occurred in high school. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and, so and they're telling, telling me that you, you and I are going to have brains that have in, <laughs> yeah, injuries back in high school. Not going to have that have brains. That have, <laughs> and, and, and again, I mean, but you don't. I mean, how, how, many, how, many, how many crime scenes did you do? Yeah. Autopsies you attended. Mm-hmm. And 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 the, uh, the 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 pathologist talked about the impact of the of the brain against the skull, whether it was shaken baby oh, or whether. Sure. Oh, and 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 again, you know, you you sort of kind of had a fleeting thought. So when my, when I when I got hit by that guy, mm-hmm. and and I had that that headache, mm-hmm. that is what essentially happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, my my the last concussion that I had mm-hmm. that I can recall having. I was, I was, uh, coaching. I got drafted by Cleveland Brown in the ninth round. Mm-hmm. And there I was, um, we were in practice that day and, and Art Modell had come on the field and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we're all trying to impress Art Modell. Mm-hmm. And so we were running the old, um, you know, Cleveland Brown suites, you know, the pulling guards and, you know, you yeah. followed the pulling guards into the end zone and, 
So here this rookie is getting ready to take on a six-year veteran. And uh, that rookie was me. And and the coaches said, you know, James, follow your, you know, follow your running, follow your pulling guard, they'll take you into the end zone and get you in their mm-hmm. safety. This particular day, you know, I decided to go <laughs> go ahead and hold my own. Now I scored a touchdown, but I got knocked out cold on my feet. An old position coach was standing over me. He was cursing me for everything. <laughs> I was worried. <laughs> I said, but coach, but coach, I scored a touchdown. He said, you know, good to me because I can't use you anymore. And then the trader was, you know, <laughs> waving at a bony capsule and you come onto the sideline. And I was standing on the side. That was the last question that I, and I was like, man, you know, uh, I got cut. And I was sort of kind of glad, I guess, you know, now that, that, but then again, you know, you, you didn't, like you say, you didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. The equipment that you had was a top of the line equipment for that time. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, uh, if you, if, uh, you have son and daughter, right? Yeah. If, if any, any of them ever played any sports. But my, my brother-in-law lives out in Dallas. Of course, his, mm-hmm. his kids in, uh, in college. Now his son played baseball. And, and uh, Chubby, of course, is an engineer and his wife's a doctor. So, they, uh, you know, they they um, could afford to buy the equipment for them to play, you know, the helmets and, mm-hmm. you know, everything associated with bats. And, and so he, we would have conversations about this stuff, and he would tell me about the amount of money that he was spending on equipment. And I said, man, I said, you're crazy. I said, never in my in my wildest dreams would I spend that kind of money. I remember we'd buy, uh, we, 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 what was that, uh, the baseball bats, you know, we yeah. ordered them in the mail. Like you know, three ninety five, four ninety five tops. Uh, uh, wow. I can't think of the name name of the, the mm-hmm. baseball bat, but it's and 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 again, the other day I was in the I was in the academy, yeah. and I'm just just walking by, just taking a glance. Two hundred bucks for a baseball. Bat. Of course, you know it's and all the technologies that's built to that stuff, and I'm thinking, man, this is this is unreal. Yeah. No, and, and again, helmets two and three hundred dollars for a helmet. It's, it's and that's crazy. I don't I don't know how parents can afford to pay for high school yeah. football these days unless the, the high school provides the equipment. And these days, I mean that's the high my high school provided all of our equipment, you know. Yeah. And, and I remember I got my ribs broken in a game and so Did you really yeah, and and I just just one or two ribs and uh the next game they brought back this like <laughs> flak jacket and they put a flak jacket on me. You know, there's one or two. And I was like, what the heck? I can't carry the football. I was, you know, I was a running back as well. I was like, yeah. well, I can't carry the black jacket, puts the ball way out here. I, I got hit, play. I got hit one time in practice, and, and the coach was, was on the defense. Go to the ball, go to the ball. Now, yeah. coach, he's down. I still want you to go to the ball. And a buddy of mine playing defensive tackle did a somersault on my ribs. He didn't break them, he bruised them. But boy. That's a that injury, hurt. Man. I mean, I screamed like a stuck pig. Was, was like, that's one of the most painful injuries I've ever had. And then you're and you're out of breath and you're trying to get your breath. Like, yeah. And what can yeah. you do? There's yeah. nothing that you can do. I mean, they, they can they yeah. can put something around you around your chest, but yeah. that's about it. I mean, it's not like yeah. you got a broken arm and a cast, you know. Gosh, it's crazy. And, and and there again, you know, I, I didn't have broken ribs. Man with bruised, and I said, mm. "My gosh!" They said, "Well, the good news is you don't have any broken ribs." <laughs> so, yeah, but I am in pain. Like you say, you breathe wrong, you turn wrong, you twist wrong, yes, and it's yes. like a bolt of electricity shooting through your body. 
it was misery, man. I was like, they said they wanted me to play the next week. I said, I can't, I can't even no. breathe. <laughs> Do it for the bear. Do it for the bear. <laughs> well, this was Bobby Johns who had played for the bear. He was the yeah. back in the 60s. And he's like, one, well, you know, they just don't make them like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Thank God they don't. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I tell you, what, let's let's get started. We'll talk about, I mean, man, we've been having a great conversation here. And oh, uh, my I'm, probably, I'm probably going to use a lot of this at, at some at some way into the interview. But good, good pace. We're so glad to have James Reed today here for uh, uh, for this month. Uh, we're celebrating Black History this month on NCIS reports in the field. And James had a fantastic career with NCIS, but he he also was has is, has the unique experience of breaking the color barrier at the University of Mississippi, along with Ben Williams, uh, in the early seventies. And um, I too. Uh, University of Alabama. I'm a University of Alabama graduate, and we also too broke the color barrier uh, in the early '70s as well with uh, with a couple of players. But I'm I'm interested in hearing about James Reed today. Talk about his life uh, before football, during football, after football, when he became an NCIS agent, <laughs> and kind of this career with NCIS because that's what we're, we're documenting the history of NCIS one career at a time. So, James, thank you for coming on the podcast. Man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Well, tell me about your early days growing up. Well, actually, uh, Lee, I grew up in Meridian, Lauderdale County, Mississippi, and East Central Mississippi. And and certainly, uh, of course, I was born in 1954. I'm the youngest of five. Um, You know, um, a lot of things that I was able to do, I was able to do them because of, um, you know, the strides and and pains that, that my parents and older brothers and sisters endured things that they could never have done uh, in, uh, in their, uh, you know, of course, my parents in their lifetime and my brothers and sisters growing up. And, um, of course, uh, we all attended St. Joseph Catholic School. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometime around 1968, the spring of 1968, uh, my, my goal was to, uh, was to finish the ninth grade at St. Joseph Catholic School and then, of course, go on to Meridian High School. Mm-hmm. And as you very well know, that um, sometime around 1965, 1966, most of the uh, high schools, the schools in the South began to integrate. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it was freedom of choice. So you could choose whatever school you wanted to go to. Okay. Um, my oldest brother and sister uh, left St. Joseph and attended Harris High School, which was a predominantly black uh, high school in the city of Meridian at that time. Mm-hmm. My brother, Elias, Sam Reed, uh, third oldest uh, of the family, uh, finished uh, St. Joseph's maybe 65, 66. And there he was uh, going to Meridian High School. Um, the school administrators and my parents thought that he could handle himself, which he was able to. He did well in the classroom as well as on the field. But he played, um, played football and ran track at Meridian High School. Mm-hmm. And so he was, you know, quite naturally, you know, he, he was my, you know, he was my, I looked up to him, you know, I, you know, I lived off his reputation. My big brother was playing football for Meridian Wildcats. During that time, there was a guy named Bobby Tyler, and I think Bobby Tyler wound up coaching at Alabama. He was on Alabama staff at one time, coached at Mississippi State, coached at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. But during that time, I, I remember that uh, there was one year that, that Meridian High School won the championship. And the very next year, they played for the championship and, um, and, and lost it. 
but they played, you know, they played the top tier teams in the state of Mississippi and, and in Alabama as well. And, uh, and, and so they, they, they had pretty good teams and they had guys who uh, obviously like Greg Ainsworth and Mac Barnes who, uh, and uh, gosh, and a couple other guys who played at Ole Miss from Meridian high school. So you saw those guys play. And then of course, um, my goal was to go to Marina High School and play for Bobby Tyler. And then he goes off to <laughs> Ole Miss and Charles Garrett becomes the head coach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, there were a couple of years we were sort of down. But then my senior year, we finished eight and three tied. We won tie. I think we went fifth place in the in the in the big eight conference. But uh as I said, going back to 1968, that was an eighth grade at St. Joseph's Catholic School. And St. Joe announced that it was not going to be able to fund the ninth grade. So we had to uh, look at uh, other schools. Uh, Magnolia and Carver were the two predominant black high schools and uh, junior high schools rather than the city of Meridian at that time. And Kate Griffin and uh, Northwest were the two predominant white junior high schools. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I wanted, of course, go to, I wanted to go to Magnolia. I had a brother who was a year older than me. Of course, he's dead now. He was at Magnolia, and uh, I wanted to go to Magnolia where he was, you know, quite naturally being a younger brother. Say my older yeah. brother said, hey, you know, yeah, I got a little, you know, I got a little color, you know. <laughs> so, but my folks said, no, no, you're going to Cape Griffin. I said, going where? What do you mean I'm going to Cape Griffin? Cape uh, Griffin was across town. It's dumb with white. Uh, you know, growing up, I had the experience of having to deal with racism and, mm-hmm. you know, um, walking home from school and being passed by busloads of white kids and you know they you know you, you know that whole entire piece uh the yes. name calling mm-hmm. you know it's just spinning and and you know throwing stuff at you and uh you know i have a gone crying and the mom would, would calm me down and all of a sudden now here i am going to k griffin junior high school i said i don't know this ain't gonna work this is not going to work yeah. so uh, i went to k uh, it was the summer of 1968 i was at k griffin uh, of registering, mm-hmm. and there was a guy uh, 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 who who was a kid coach there, Don Evans. Mm-hmm. Don Evans said, "Hey, uh, kid, would you would you like to play football?" I said, "Yeah, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm comfortable working working on the farm, and mm-hmm. I figured if I go play football, it would sort of kind of get me out of a chores." And my dad said, "Yes, <laughs> I have you to go play, but you still got your chores to do. So <laughs> I still have my chores to do." Yeah. But um, and also at that time there was a guy named Gil Carmichael. I don't remember that name rings a bell. Gil Carmichael was was a, he, he was a, a local businessman, a politician, and he owned the Carmichael Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, he had given my brother his first job working part time. And so when my brother left to go go off to college, he said, "Yeah, tell James to come by and see me, and I will put him to work." So I, you know, I worked part uh, on the weekends uh, at Carmichael Volkswagen washing cars, making all but 95 cents an hour, which was minimum <laughs> wage back wow. then. So, you know, I had that going. And then, of course, here I am playing for uh, playing football at Cape River Junior High School. Mm-hmm. Well, up until that point, I had never played organized sports. Like I said, you know, grew up in the sure. country and worked, you know, worked in the field and, you know, we had livestock, you know, hogs mm-hmm. and chickens and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that was just a way of life. You know, you, you knew and understood that, you know, in order to survive, you know, you, you, you know, you had to tend to the crops. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, again, uh, Coach Evans recruited me to play football. 
And that was my first four-way four-way rather into organized sports, football, basketball, and track. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty fast, you know, uh, in track. I think I, at that time I ran a, a 10, 10, 600, wow. which was pretty good for junior high yeah. school. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, of course, later on in high school, I ran a 9-7. Nice. And, uh, and, and of course, uh, like I said, I played football and track, uh, played defensive end my first two years. And, and the, of course, running back, I said, what in the world are we doing? A guy who runs, you know, who runs a, a, a sub 10, 500-yard dash playing defensive end. We need him on the offense. <laughs> so my, my first year playing running back mm-hmm. was my uh, – my, uh, my uh, uh, 11th grade year, a junior year in high school. And of course, you know, I probably, I think I ran 527 yards and scored five or six touchdowns. But I was getting accustomed to, you know, splitting time with, with, with the senior backs. And then again, of course, uh, my senior year, yeah, I was a key back. And so, you know, it, it, was, a, it was an interesting time. Um, I really actually, in all actuality, I wanted to go to Grambling. Uh, again, Grambling was one of the top tier uh, teams, uh, you know, in the black community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, they, you know, played against Jackson State. And at, and at that time, Jackson State had a couple of guys called the Payton Brothers, Walter wow. and Eddie Payton. So, you That's know, right. you, you want to go again, you know, it's like going to Alabama. You're going to go <laughs> to Jackson State and sit on the bench and watch the Payton Brothers play, or you, you know, you're going to go somewhere else. Well, the, so, uh, the, the, the colleges at that time, historically black colleges in the yeah. South, Southern, uh, oh you know, uh, Grambling, Jackson yeah. State, were putting a lot of pro players in Alabama State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're right. All corn. Uh, and, and, yeah. and, you, and, you, and you thought, well, okay, great. Here I am. I'm being recruited <laughs> by these schools. I want to go to yeah. Grambling. Eddie Robinson's the coach, too. Yeah. I mean, oh, gosh. He's, he's a legend. Who, who yeah. yeah. And so, uh, I remember signing with, I, I called Kremlin. I called down and talked to one of the coaches and said, well, you know, uh, we were recruiting in Louisiana first before we go outside. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, of course, you know, I was being recruited by a bunch of people and I signed with Ole Miss. And as soon as I signed with Ole Miss, Kremlin called. <laughs> well, uh, you know, <laughs> said, well, sir, I, you know, I thank you very much for calling, but I'm going to Ole Miss. Things don't work out. I'll get back with you. Yeah. Well, of course, I go off to Ole Miss and, you know, of course, the rest is history. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot, dealt with a lot, you know, and, and, you know, you dealt with race mm-hmm. and you dealt with issues, but Ole, Ole Miss prepared me for the things that I would deal with in life. Yeah. And, and, and again, of course, you know, uh, for some people, John Howard had the reputation of, of, of making, having made the comment that, uh, no black would ever play for him. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden comes along and, and it comes along Ben Williams and James Reed. Of course, at the time that we got there, Billy Kennard was a head coach. Yeah. And after Billy Kennard uh, was fired, Johnny Vault came back in and, and coached that half season. And that was the year that we beat Tennessee in mm-hmm. Jackson, Mississippi. Right. And uh, we, we were the guys that, man, you know, you're going to love him. You know, if you, if you uh, play like you practice, you will play. And sure enough, you know, he, he put me in the game and I ran 137 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, I was, um, I guess uh, he changed back, his mind. <laughs> yep. I was back of the week. Ben Williams uh, made several game stop and tackles. He and Gary Turner and uh, Ben was the defensive player of the week. And so, you know, that we were receiving the Chevrolet Foundation uh, uh, award. Sure. The and, old, and, uh, like the, yeah. they did that uh, in every game in the video. Yeah. Uh, scholarship award. 
I, we had no clue. I'm thinking, man, I got this girl told this in your name. It's <laughs> not going to you. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and and we we went to the, the to the coaches and said, hey, you know, we like this money to go to um, uh, you know, minorities who were trying to come to Ole Miss, go to school. And so we were social activists at that time. We didn't know it. You know, it was <laughs> That's so, good stuff. But, but it was it was given to uh, five hundred dollars given to four different students, and we were really proud that we were able to do that. Yeah. But there again, you know, you, you, you know, you, again, you know, you think about those things and, and 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 now you look back and you think, I really did have an impact. Mm-hmm. I really did have whether it was and, and you think, well, this is just old Miss piece. It's not the old Miss yeah. piece. Yep. This this was a, a, a SEC wide nationwide impact. Um, when 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 you Google your name, that's article after article that comes up. Yep. Uh, even the, the link to law enforcement and, and the NCIS piece, mm-hmm. you know, uh, looking back, I mean, it, how can you not say, you know, you take the good with the bad, you take the bitter with the sweet, you know, they're going to be growing pains, mm-hmm. but then you, you think, my gosh, how could I have ever written a script that would have said that James Reeve would have done all of these wild and crazy things? And, uh, you know, of course, you know, you get a chance to meet guys like Lee Clements who played at Alabama, and, you know. <laughs> as, I said, as I said to you the other day in a conversation, I practiced a lot at Alabama. But you were on the team, nevertheless, you know. So. <laughs> but, uh, oh and, and, of course, how can we forget Dave Swindle? I remember Dave, the first time oh, yeah. I met Dave Swindle, he had come to Memphis as a sack. Yep. And Dave Swindle would say, he said, you know, James, I said, man, I said, you played baseball at Alabama. He said, yeah. He said, but I couldn't run. I was slow. He said, but I learned to hit the long ball so I could get on base, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Can I just say a quick a story about Memphis uh, with NCIS? Yeah. So for all the, for the audience out there, this is where I met oh, James I Reed for the first time. Yeah. So I come in as a goofy applicant trying to get on with this really interesting agency, Naval Investigative Service, NIS. And if, and I think I've talked about this in past podcasts, the, the hiring process in those days to be hired by NIS, you had to, you had to endure a four hour uh, screening board. And in that screening board, Dave Swindle was leading it. Vern McCarver, was, McCarver was on the board as well. And some of the questions I got asked by Dave Swindle scared the hell out of me because i was like I, you know i had studied i'd watched cnn for world affairs i'd studied you know the world almanac to understand who the world leaders were and he's asked me questions like hey how do you think our baseball team's going to do next year at alabama and what's the range of a silkworm missile <laughs> that's the kind of question i got so after two hours i'm I'm exhausted, man. I don't know. I, I'm like, going, there, there's no way these guys are going to hire me. And uh, James meets me and goes, hey, I'm going to take your, your fingerprints. And you're taking my fingerprints. And I'm going, do you think I got a chance to get the? And he goes, if I'm taking your fingerprints, they're probably going to hire you. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember taking your fingerprints. But if you say I did, I did. You, you uh, did. You did. And no, it's like, it was just that moment, the reassuring smile. And <laughs> comments that you made made me endure the next two hours with confidence. Well, I, I knew if I didn't if I didn't get you on with inside ears, Willie Shelby and Woodrow Lowe were going to come back and hold me. So I said, let me let me help this poor guy. I don't want so, these guys coming. 
Plus, you know, plus, we have a good friend, a good mutual friend, Kermit Kendrick. Oh, yeah. So, oh, he's yeah. a great guy. Great guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a great, uh, he's know, a great defensive back at Alabama, too. Oh, he was. He was. You, you, you talk about the hiring process. I got introduced to NIS. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, uh, I, I was probation parole officer in Marina, Mississippi from 1979 to 1985. Mm-hmm. And Tommy, Tommy was a casket, Tommy Oak. I, mm-hmm. I can't recall the rest of the guys who were, who were there, but they were in New Orleans at the time, and New Orleans covered Meridian. And there had been a couple of um, sexual assault cases that they had come up on. Uh-huh. And, of course, as a probation and parole officer, we did everything, pre-sentence investigations, post-sentence investigations. And yeah. I was assigned to do pre-sentence investigations on these two gentlemen who were uh, who were in the Navy and assigned to Naval Air Station, Meridian, Mississippi. So, I, of course, I needed the, the Navy's paperwork on, on them. And, of course, the Navy needed uh, the, uh, the court's paperwork. So I was sort of like the liaison between the NIS and and uh, and the courts, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, uh, again, I, I had a chance to meet Tommy Ozakowski, and, and one day he comes up and he says, "You know, uh, so we're hiring. Are you interested?" Well, I was interested in going to work for the federal government. I applied with the FBI, and that didn't work. And I um, applied with the U.S. Probation and Parole Offices, and I was actually uh, waiting to hear from the U.S. Probation and Parole Office. Right. Well, of course, NCIS. Uh, I get recruited by NCIS, and of course, I go to the screen board, and I remember them talking about, you know, crime scenes. Then what would happen if you went into a crime scene and you saw candy on the floor? What would you do? Would you? <laughs> no, I'd leave it alone. I wouldn't pick it up and eat it. I'd leave it alone. And my mind, I'm thinking, of where did this candy come from to begin with? Nobody's giving it to me. Why am I going to take it? I work for I just wanted to know if there was a list of crazy questions that you. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you, you, again, you, you talk about. You know, and that were all the questions, obviously. That, that but I, I remember the, the crime scene question, and I'm like, okay, great. You know, what, you know, what, what is this all about? And and I had no clue what in 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 NIS was all about, other than the yeah. fact that any time a, a, a military member got in trouble, you know, here comes a guy from NCIS calling up asking questions and rolling mm-hmm. reports. But you know, of course, I started out in in, um, in Millington, Tennessee, uh, in '85. Before- I was there. Hey James, can I ask you a question? You had yes, a sir. you had a really interesting experience in the probation uh, when you were a probation officer with the state of Mississippi regarding the Freedom Riders. Um, one no. of the guys who is you were the uh, you were his probation or not or his parole officer? Oh no 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 no! You 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 talk. Oh okay, I, I know you're talking. You're talking yeah. about the Klan. <laughs> yeah, about about the Klan. Klan. yeah, and, and I thought that was a really yeah. interesting story. Oh okay. Uh, we have to we have to digress a bit. Um, yeah. So you you talked to Cleveland Browns. No 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 no. This is this is long before. I, this is sometime around sixty four. Okay. Um, when the civil rights workers were killed yeah. in Meridian, Mississippi, I do believe sixty four was was a year that this happened. Okay. Uh, there were several people uh, in in the um, in the Mississippi in Meridian, Mississippi, who were involved. Yeah. And uh, two, uh, well, one of the individuals was Alton Wayne Roberts. Mm. And, you know, I've read various accounts. And, of course, we've all seen the movies Mississippi Burning and all these kinds mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, and there were other individuals involved. And, you know, of course, either I, I knew them 
Uh, you know, they were, of course, much older than I was, but I knew them and, you know, knew of them, put it that way. And, of course, knew their, their kids and grandkids, you know, from school. Yeah. But uh, Alton Wayne Roberts was one of the gentlemen involved. And, and of course, he was sent to federal penitentiary for uh, violating the civil rights, uh, the, 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 the um, civil, civil rights of the civil rights workers. Okay. Uh, which, you know, back then it was very uh, hard in the South for a white man to be prosecuted for, for murder of a black man. Sure. But yeah. of course, when Andrew Swerner, James Cheney, and and Andrew Goodman, uh, if, yeah, well, those three guys, I, I, I get their names mixed up. But anyway, so um, he goes off to, uh, he goes off to the federal penitentiary, he gets out. And he goes to the state of Georgia. In the state of Georgia, he uh, gets in with a, a group of guys, and he um, uh, uh, is arrested for, I guess they were running drugs, marijuana. Okay. And, uh, of course, uh, the, the local deputy or local sheriff, you know, shows up on the, on the scene, and, and they actually, uh, he actually detains, unlawfully detains the, the deputy sheriff, uh, or the law enforcement officer, rather, and uh, of course, later on, he was arrested for for, for um, kidnapping and and drug possession, mm-hmm. and he goes to jail in the state of Georgia. Well, he gets paroled to the state of Mississippi, okay. and uh, I, I received several calls from several key individuals, both black and white, mm-hmm. uh, in in the Meridian Lauderdale County area, uh, telling me that that he is going to be paroled to the state of of um, of Mississippi, and he was coming back to Meridian, and then I was going to be his parole officer. <laughs> so, oh, wow. so yeah, so you know, um, yeah. I knew of his reputation then, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, uh, you know, he is this guy's coming in, and I'm thinking, man, who is this guy? You know, and and of course, you know, I'm thinking that you know, certainly he still has his his old connections. Yeah, but I, I think he was just as as much uh, afraid of me as I was of him. Yeah. And, and and of course, I was told, hey, you know, you have a job, do do your job. Mm-hmm. You know, if he doesn't meet the criteria for being released, he had to have a, a place to stay and a job. Uh-huh. And of course, he had to p- report to the probation and parole offices. Uh, I think we set him up to report every three months. But he had to follow those criteria. And as long as he did that, you know, he was, uh, you know, uh, he, you know, he was free to remain on, on, on parole, you know. So he did. He came in. And I think I was just as much afraid of him as was me. I was afraid of him certainly for his reputation, but he was afraid yeah. of me because he knew that if he messed up <laughs> back to the, you know, back to the penitentiary, penitentiary he was going. Yeah. But uh, you know, I was I was reading a book and I can't think of the I, 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 I was told you I was gonna uh, give you the name of that book, but this book yeah. details uh this is vast time period in 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 in, in Meridian when you know, crime was just, you know, was just rampant. And there were several people who were involved in various things. Uh, for example, Ronald Lawrence Fisher, who, who, was, um, uh, who had been arrested and prosecuted in Georgia for rape and murder, not for rape and murder, murder, for rape rather, rape uh, and kidnapping, who had been paroled again to the state of Mississippi and who uh, came to, to Meridian, Mississippi, and could uh, was in was prosecuted for two counts of rape and murder yeah. in in Meridian, Mississippi, wow. and and then again you know you look back at it at his 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 
at, at the time that he was there and you, you know you followed him through and there again I, I was the one who issued the the probation pro violation warrant to detain him mm-hmm. uh so that the uh the the, the courts could could uh, you know could indict him and prosecute him right. et cetera et cetera and then of course that was um the famous case where um Oh, it was, I can't think of a guy's name. He was a real estate, uh, in, uh, uh, real estate, uh, agent, investor agent, whatever case may be. Tiffy, his name was Tiffy. Mm-hmm. His wife hired uh, people out of Texas to come in. Well, she hired a guy who hired a guy out of Texas to come in and kill him. And there again, you know, I was, I was a probation and parole officer during that time and charged with doing the pre-sentence work on these guys. And, you know, you, you met these characters and, and you, you, you know, they were they were larger than life. You know, you dealt with them. And, and you know, of course, you were the, you know, the probation and parole authority and, and et cetera, et cetera. I went to uh, I had to go up to Kemper County. Kemper County is north of Meridian. And Kemper yeah. County had had, a, 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 you know, horrible reputation of, uh, you know, the black white relations. There was a, a yeah. guy who was white who apparently had. Um, uh, drug this black guy to the courthouse steps, poured gasoline on him, and set him on oh fire. God, and and of course he he went to penitentiary. I don't think he killed him, but he went to penitentiary for it. So he he came out. He was on parole, and he was being supervised by one of the other uh, uh, probation parole officers. I was on the black probation parole officer office at that time, and so uh, one of the, uh, the the guy who was supervising him uh, was no longer in the office. And so they called me and said, hey, uh, uh, I got a call from the district attorney saying, hey, we got to, we got to sentence this guy today, and you need to do the, the post-sentence investigation on him. I said, okay, great. So they said, this is what he did, but let's, let us give you the backstory on him. So I said, oh okay. Gosh. So, yeah, I go up to Kemper County. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm shaking like a leaf in the wind. Wow, you have got a lot of courage to go up in that place. That oh, time, I'm sure. Well, yeah, it gets it gets wilder than that. I got two guys from the Bureau of Narcotics who are wanting to take this guy out, and they said, "Well, it, it, where, where we were it was like a, a three room area." And one guy says, "I'm going to be on this end." The other guy says, "I'm going to be on this end, and you're going to be in the middle." And if he starts to do anything stupid, you know. We will take care of it. Go, Whoa, guys, don't worry about it. I could take care of myself. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, uh, again, you know, you, you, you know, so you sit here talking a bit. I'm thinking of all this stuff that I would never have ever told, told anybody because it, it didn't fit the scenario, but we're talking about law enforcement and yeah. how it was back during that time. I mean, and you think, man, you went through all, well, whether you were in school. Yeah. 64, I was 10 years old, mm-hmm. uh, 66, 12 years old. Of course, Martin Luther King's assassinated in, in Memphis, Tennessee. Yep. And, and again, you know, you, you went through all of this, you know, the, 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 the uh, you know, the integration of the schools and, yep. you know, all of the hate and the angst and the vitriol that, 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 uh, that came about, but you realized that, that uh, you were doing, you know, now you look back and you realize that you were doing something that certainly, had an effect up that was was going to have an effect on the future of sports. Yeah. Brilliant High School, Lauderdale County, State of Mississippi, the Southeastern Conference, you had an effect on what was going, you were going to have an effect on what was going to happen. Yeah. And and so there again, you look back at that time, you think, man, did you go through this? And the answer was obviously yes. 
But you know, again, as you know, as as I progressed through my uh, NCIS career, uh, yeah, certainly there were there were the days that that things didn't go so well. There were things comments that were made, mm -hmm. things that were said, and uh, you know, I go again. I go back to uh, to my first job in law enforcement with the um, uh, Attorney General's Office of Organized Crime uh, Section. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, I dealt with racism at that level, but. Uh, even at Ole Miss, you know, there, there were things that, that were said. But one thing that I, 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 I uh, that we admired about the coaching staff, well, they knew they had to make this thing work. Yeah. If it didn't work with Ben Williams and James Reed, it was not going to work. And so when, when, when things came up uh, that were, uh, they weren't so nice, things that were said, uh, they aggressively, well, well, in my opinion, you know, of course I could be wrong, but they addressed those issues. And, and the message was this, simple this, Lee, that, that James Reed, you're playing with Lee Clements, Lee Clements, you're playing with James Reed. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to, to build a team, we've got to play together. Yeah. And, and, and that was a message that, that, was, that was sent, that we are a team and, and the enemy is, you know, is a, is a guy that's wearing crimson and, crimson and white, you know, yeah. the yeah. guy that's wearing black and gold, the guy that's wearing yeah. on the other side Orange of the field and blue. to take your head off on the sort of ceremony, you know, yeah. Yeah. Was your enemy, not the guy that's yeah. sleeping down the hall from you. Well, it yeah. was growing pains and, and we all had to, you know, we all had to grow and we, we, you know, of course I look back now and I look at those guys and um, here it is. It's it's um, and I hate to ramble and jump back and no, forth. No, this is great. I love it. But here it is. It's September 29th, mm -hmm. 2022. Mm -hmm. James Reed is going into the Hall of Fame at Ole Miss. That's awesome. And guess who is there? Dunn Evans, my junior high school football coach. Wow. Carlos McComb, Charles Garrett, and 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 my uh, 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 and my my. Guys who coached me in, in high school, mm -hmm. and and uh, uh, Robert Turnage, all these guys are white. Now they certainly had black coaches there. Warren's dead, uh, and 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 the other uh, my other black coach was sick, and he couldn't make it. If he if he had been well, you bet your bottom dollar he would have been there. Sure. But here I am, I am standing there, and I've got pictures of myself with these four guys and their wives. And it's like, man. And they said, we told you one day that you were going to go into the Hall of Fame. And we told you that we were going to be there when you did it. <laughs> and so, again, you go back and you look at, you know, you, you, what will your legacy be, you know? And, and you think about these things and, and you, you just never, I called them up and said, hey, coach, guess what? I'm going to the Hall of Fame. Okay. When is it? Where is it? And how much of the tickets? We're coming. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's great. But in, and there again, you know, certainly there were uh, several of my uh, classmates who were there, uh, former teammates rather, and and several of the guys uh, from my fraternity who came out to support, came up to support. So it it was a great time, you know, knowing that you know your efforts would you know didn't go for naught, and of course you know um, uh, the, the the Manning Sports Complex, the foyer, the Manning Sports Complex was named in honor William. William Reed for your Manning Sports Complex. Awesome. And there have been, you know, so many other celebrations along the way to celebrate and acknowledge the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you know of, of us being the first African-Americans uh, at the Mississippi State Ole Miss football game 
which unfortunately we lost this coming. <laughs> this I know. Ball. I know. I Billy thought of you that too. Yeah. I watched the game. I thought, yeah. I thought of you. I was there standing in the rain. <laughs> but Ben Williams' jersey was retired. Yeah. And, you know, for me, that was, you know, that was a coup de grace. You know, I was, I was told, you know, uh, several years ago, well, you know, they need to think about un, uh, retiring your jersey as well. And I said, man, you know, Ben's dead. I'm alive. I want to see my jersey run up and down the field, you know. <laughs> and, but it, it, my emphasis, my emphasis is on him. His legacy, his family, making sure that he got on it. You know, uh, when I'm dead and gone, then we can talk about, you know, uh, maybe one day retiring my jersey. But, but to, um, you know, but, but to be honored in, 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 in that light, uh, to be uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame and then go back and, and have his jersey, be at his uh, jersey retirement service, I'm telling you, any other time, I would have been sitting at home watching that game on TV. I would have been standing out there in the rain in the cold. But I said, yeah. I, and that was, of course, you know, that was Thanksgiving. My family and my son had come to town um, for for, um, for Thanksgiving. And I did see him on the, on the backside. But normally, I would have been there eating Thanksgiving dinner with my family. But, I, you know, I thought it was important enough to go out yeah. and support Ben Williams and his family. And yeah. certainly, you know, his wife was there and his kids, grandkids, nieces and nephews and they gosh they 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 must have had about 20 20 uh well 20 20 or 30 people there yeah. but he, it was just it was just uh just his family alone yeah. it, it was just a, uh, a a honor to just be there and, and witness that the historic event you know and uh, you know how many people you know you got archie manning Eli Manning of course Chucky Mullins who who was injured sure you know we we talk about injuries Chucky yeah, Mullins yeah. Yeah, and then of course he he later died, but you know his jersey was retired, and now all of a sudden he had Ben Williams' jersey retired. Yeah. Well, um, I, I had a a storied career, uh, of course, in sports as you very well know, and certainly with with the NIS, NCIS, and so you know I, I think often, you know, am I really interested in my jersey being retired? You know, there have been article after article after article that have been uh, that have been written about us and of course I remember going to uh, getting ready to go to Iraq and the um, Oxford magazine called me up and said hey you know we understand it, that uh, you're getting ready to do this we'd like to interview you and certainly it was the you know from you know from Kate Griffin to you know to, to uh, NCIS you know uh, to Ole Miss and then of course the law enforcement piece and you know here this guy is you know uh, I've been mentioned in an article with Eli Manning, with uh, gosh, the kid who 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 played for the New Orleans Saints, running back New Orleans Saints. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, he was first round draft choice out of Ole Miss, and then uh, of course Dr. Allen Pardon, who, who was a renowned surgeon. Oh gosh, what is his name? I can't think of his name. The guy. Think of it a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah after we after we finish the podcast, I'll think of it. Yeah, I'll plug that's, it in at the. I'll that's, plug that's, it a in section, that's a section. section of my brain has been damaged. You know? <laughs> but then you know, again, a, I'll say this, James. I came along ten years or so later, a little bit more than ten years. Well, about ten years later, eighty-two, and um, at Alabama. And by that time, you know, well, my brother had played for Alabama, and and. And I was very fortunate to get a, you know an invited walk-on offer because my only other scholarship was uh, for Marion Military Institute, and I did not want to do that. So I show up there, and I, and you know, I it, for me it was not 
abnormal to have black teammates. Um, in fact, I didn't look at the color of the man's skin. I think we looked at the color of the person's jersey, like you were talking about. It was more about yeah. who you're playing and not who you were sleeping down the hall from the hall with, uh, or who you were roommating with. So it was, you know, it's just uh, the the things that you did, the barriers that you broke, and guys like Wilbur sure. Jackson and and you know uh, broke um, really kind of have shaped what you know to me is one of the most racially diverse and really kind of pleasant areas of in the nation college football really changed lifestyles in the south uh the the, the guy i was thinking about was deuce McAllister. deuce McAllister, of course deuce McAllister. thank god for for for, for computers (laughs) (laughs) pull up the old uh pull up the googles (laughs) what's his name he was a good one deuce McAllister. Oxford Magazine uh, said, hey, you know, we've interviewed uh, Eli Manning, Deuce McAllison, Dr. Allen Parton, and now we want to interview you. And, and uh, <laughs> I said, okay, great, you know, yeah. you know, what's this all about? And and, uh, and there again, you, you, uh, you, you never have a thought. Yeah. How could you write this script? You know, wow. even you, Lee Clements, how could you write this script? I'm going to go to go to work for NCIS. And how many years did you work for NCIS? Uh, I'm, I'm still working for them. So, I, I mean, I'm at I mean, before you retired. Plus. 30 plus now. Okay. And you retired as a what? I retired at 25. I mean, but you retired as a GS 15. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. Sir. Okay. So here it is. You go from, from can you believe they promote me to that? <laughs> from, from, <laughs> but you go from playing football, been on a football team at Alabama to be to retired as a GS 15. I'll just say that uh, the things I learned at Alabama playing football guided me, uh, like you probably old Miss, guided me throughout my career. Oh my gosh! Yeah, hey, this guy played at Alabama. We got to get him on our team. We got to. <laughs> and then they go, "Oh crap! What do we do?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, you, you know, again, you know, as you um, as you travel throughout your career, and you know, of course, I, I remember going from Memphis to Hawaii, and Hawaii to. Well, can we start? Can Can I talk to you a little bit about your career with this? Because I mean, that's it is yeah. about one. You know, yeah. career based on one one career at a time. So yeah. you start off in Millington, Tennessee. Is that where you started off? Started off Millington, Tennessee, in 1985, September of 1985. Wow! And uh, of course, Larry Skinner was the was the sack then, and Court Basil mm-hmm. came in a couple years later and replaced Larry Skinner. And uh, I remember cutting my teeth on you know, of course, you know, various cases and narcotics investigations, and sure. following the guys around, working crime scenes and death mm-hmm. investigations, and working with the U.S. Attorney's Office and all those kinds of things, working uh, theft of government property cases. Yeah. And so it was a it was an in- interesting uh, six years, which I was a little bit longer than I should have been, but in both our kids were born in Memphis, Tennessee, my son in, in 87 and our daughter in 1990. So they, uh, like most of the, you know, NIST, we were like most of folks, uh, raised our kids on the road with NCIS. Yep. And, you know, of course, my kids look back and and they, um, you know, they have friends all over the world. And my son will, especially in high school in, in Woodbridge, Virginia, my son will, Dad, you remember Lewis? Yeah, but Lewis told me to tell you how old. Uh, you remember this kid? He's doing this and he's doing that. Um, and, you know, again, I hate to jump around. But a lot of those kids, my son was in high school in Woodbridge, Virginia. Of course, he played football and ran track. Yeah. A lot of those kids... Um, when they got ready to play uh, football on, on Friday night, uh, fr- Friday evening, they were in they were in our basement 
eating <laughs> eating pizza and catfish, you know, and getting ready to go go, go go play football. And yeah. you know, of course boys will be boys and you know, you you know, you heard the you know, the rough language and you'd stick your head down. Sorry, Mr. Well, you know, they have that kind of talk about us. But but you know, there again, you know, here it is. These kids are saying, hey, uh, you know, and 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 the reason I did that, I tell you why. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to Kay Griffin, uh, and I know we're supposed to be talking about the NCIS career, but it, it's it's so no, it's part, okay. it's part of it. Uh, I remember the first time that that um, a pregame meal. It was at a place called Wyman's Restaurant. Mm-hmm. Wyman's Restaurant was a restaurant where if you were African American, you didn't go to Wyman's Restaurant not to eat. You went to work or you to provide support services. Oh, wow. So okay. my father never had a chance. My mother never had a chance to go to Wyman's Restaurant, but my brother did because what he was playing for Marine Wildcats. Yeah. So that was playing for K Griffin, K Griffin Junior High School kids. And Coach the Evans kid? said, Wait a minute. You're playing you know, for the, the kittens? The kittens, the K Griffin Junior High School kids. We, you know, we, we, we're going to, you know, you, we, you know, you guys, wow. we were training you guys to be like the be like the big boys or yeah. who are the big boys, the Meridian High School Wildcats. And so there that's what go. we did. We boarded a bus. We had to put on our, you know, shirt and tie. We boarded a bus. And we rolled down to Wyman's restaurant, ate pregame meal, came back to you know, the gym and you know, laid on the mat and got ready for the game. Yeah, sure. Well, like, that prepped us to go to Meridian High School. And then, of course, in Meridian High School, we traveled all over the place, played Tuscaloosa, played Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And there again, you know, you never thought about this little thing, how, you know, how insignificant it was back then, but how important it would be when you got to high school and then when you got to college. And, you know, you, you know, you were accustomed to dealing in this environment. So now I go off to, to my professional career, especially dealing with NCIS and traveling all over the world. And I would think that, hey, you know, you could handle yourself in this, in this environment, <laughs> in a restaurant, you know, and, you know, it's sort of kind of, it's sort of crazy. Again, you talk about those little stories that you, those little things that you learned along the way that helped you as you progress through your career. But yeah, but but we started out in in Millington, Tennessee, and um, you know uh, I had a chance to work with DEA on, on a uh, narcotics investigation they were working, and uh, again, Vern McCarver was the uh, was the ASAC, I guess you could say, the ARAC, ASAC, or, you know, we changed titles then. Sure. But it it was it was um, it was a great time learning to hone my skills to work those various cases. And when I went out to Hawaii the first time around, I think 91 through 94, I went out to work uh, narcotics. Well, uh, that office was was revamping his squads and, and they needed someone to work on the family and sexual violence squad. And so I volunteered. I said, hey, I've, I've worked all these other cases. I want to do something different. Well, that that got me uh, in, in 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 Memphis. I worked with Devin Gosnell, who was the U.S. Attorney. They had Memphis and there were a couple other people who had been in law enforcement who had gone to um, uh, night school and gotten their degrees, and they were lawyers. Yeah, they were uh, assistant attorneys with the Attorney General's office there in Memphis. So you got a chance to work with that caliber of people. Certainly, you 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 know you work with your, your staff judge advocates as well, but. Uh, um, you, again, you know, you work the various case categories. So in Hawaii, I switched to family and sexual violence. There was a guy by the name of Ed Kubo. Ed Kubo uh, was assistant uh, uh, United States attorney assigned to handle violent crimes 
on military installations. And he was well uh, versed in, in working uh, uh, family and sexual violence cases. He had, he had worked those type cases uh, as a, uh, as a uh, prosecutor for the uh, state of Honolulu uh, prosecutor's office. And so it was a great relationship uh, with Ed Kubo, Sherry Brown, Julie Olja, uh, Gina Marie, Lieutenant Gina Marie Meyer, I think that was her name. And I comprised, the, comprised that particular squad. And, and certainly we worked uh, a couple of uh, child death investigations, uh, several child sex abuse investigations. So no matter what was going on on the island, if, 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 um, if it impacted a case that was being prosecuted in that realm, you got a chance to sit at the table and learn. And so we, whenever something came up that was of interest, even though it wasn't our case of being worked by NCIS at that time, uh, you could always you know, go and participate in the meetings. And you, of course, you got a chance to meet um, you know, all, all of the medical staff up at Triple Army Medical Center and the investigators with the other MCIOs, et cetera, et cetera. So it was again. It was a it was it was a great time of, of learning uh, uh, and dealing with the you know all, all aspects of NCIS. And then of course from from there um, it was on to Port Winema, California, where I was there. For we were there for two years. Uh, after two years in Port Winema, California, my family, my wife and children, returned to Meridian, Mississippi, and I went out to uh, Diego Garcia. So I was out to Diego Garcia for a year. And of course, I traveled in Thailand and and I uh, had a chance to uh, that was a young man, um, military individual had gone AWOL and he was in Thailand. So they said, hey, we need for you to go in Thailand and locate this guy. Wow, and and I, I was able to I went up with one of the squadrons, VP9 out of Whidbey Island, and we were there for two weeks. And I was able to collect enough information on him to pinpoint him in a certain area. And eventually he was uh, arrested by the locals and, uh, of course, turned over to the uh, uh, turned over to the Department of the Navy. Um, so, again, you look back and you think, man, was what I did really uh, important to you was insignificant. But uh, when you when it fits into the grand scheme of things, uh, it, it proved to be a, a pretty significant piece. Sure. Uh, we were able to get him back in, in, into uh you know, uh, the Navy was able to go back and pick and 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 and, and pick him up, and and certainly, you know, they um, they later released him. But uh, I was glad that I was able to participate in that effort. And then, of course, it, it was on to Corpus Christi, Texas, for three years. Back to Hawaii for two years. I was actually in Hawaii when um, the the when when um, uh, when nine one one. Uh, doing the own event of, uh, uh, of 911 when the planes flew into the World uh, Trade Towers. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I wound up going to um, Italy for 30 days. And yeah, I picked that, you up at the airport and I put you into the hotel there. No, you really? Yeah, that was That's me. right. You did. You did meet me over there, didn't you? You were over yeah. there. Got you into yeah. the hotel. I was a little concerned about the hotel they put you in because I wasn't sure it was a good hotel. Yeah, but you didn't change it. You said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, it looks pretty good to me. It's better than what I'm staying in. He played, he played it all this. He's tough enough. He could have it. <laughs> he can take it. <laughs> you did, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I forgot I about it. Yeah, and, and then, of course, I wound up down at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba for two months doing the Taney interviews, which I thought was crazy. It was like, man. How am I going to talk to some guy who speaks Arabic? You know, because you had the translators and 
yeah, we got to that whole entire piece. And, uh, and there again, you know, again, you, you, you know, what significance, what impact of, of what, I, of what I'm doing is going to have effect on this whole entire thing. And you, 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 understand, you begin to understand how that little small piece fit into the bigger picture. Sure. And, uh, and certainly, you know, you know, our mission was to provide information to the warfight in the field and we were able to successfully do that. Yep. And, and of course, from there, uh, it was uh, on to D.C., of course, where I was in D.C. for three years. First year I worked uh, on the, um, on the uh, Protective Service Detail Team, Special Ops Squad. Yep. And then the very next year I worked uh, counterterrorism. You know, counterterrorism was just opening up a new department. Yep. And so, uh, of course, I had a chance to work with Ralph Lincoln and Steve Smith, Chuck Howard and those guys, Mark Fallon, and et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And, you know, of course, Pam Dickinson was, was, was my... Uh, SSA there, yeah. um, I think for the first few years until she retired, Nell England came in. Right. But it, it was a great time to, to learn, to travel the D.C. area, to learn, get a little bit of, uh, of the history of D.C., mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And, and again, man, it, you look back on your career, you think, I am doing it. I'm, I actually <laughs> did all yeah. this. You know, I went to Australia. I went to Singapore and, and Thailand, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, all the places that you ever saw on the map and you thought about, and all of a sudden now you're on the ground in the Middle East, or you're in Italy, or, you know, you're, tra- you're, tra- you're traveling through Spain and all these crazy places, you think, man, just a few years ago, I was working at my daddy's garden. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or I was playing against, I was playing against the Christmas tide, you know, yeah, like, you oh, go. here we go. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you, you, you think about it, uh, and we talked about all these these stories, certainly. Uh, I remember uh, working counterterrorism, mm-hmm. and uh, I had uh, I had taken a break, and 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 we, we had some visitors from the Hill, and uh, there were a couple of senior guys. I can't recall their names. I did. I wouldn't call their names, but there were a couple of senior guys, and they had been bragging about this guy who had played at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And who had run for 339 yards and scored three touchdowns against Tennessee. And so it's just, it, it, it's chances to have it. I came out to take a break. Yeah. And the guy looks at, the, he looks at me and said, there he is. He points at me and says, there he is. That's the guy I'm talking about. Yeah. The guy says, come over here, James Reed. He says, I said, okay. He says, he says you I'm, I'm telling these guys about this game that you played in and you ran for 339 yards and scored three touchdowns. And I'm going, what game are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we're, actually having, we're actually having a debate over this. And I'm thinking, no, that's not right. I scored 100, I ran for 137 yards, scored two touchdowns. I was national back of the week, blah, blah, blah. Yep, yep. And he was so insistent. And so finally, he says, I still remember the day, he says, you know, for, you know, you know, for a fact, you did thus and so and thus and so. And then, then the light came on is that this is your key to get out. He said, yeah, I think he said, stop being modest. And I said, yeah. I said, you don't right. You know what? I said, I was being modest. I did run for three. And then and that was the end of the story. Oh, my gosh. 
But you, you know, Lee, how many times did you make a game saving tackle against somebody? It's like, uh, oh yeah, I remember you. I remember you. <laughs> that was you. You. <laughs> and, and what do you do? I mean, you say, okay, great. You know, yeah. And you, you, and you go with life. If if I'm on the field and making a game saving tackle, it's either a freshman game or it's uh, there's nobody else left to play. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you know, that's what legacies are all about. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and you know, and, and it, it, there's a troop get embellished, and you know, and how many times did you play yeah. for the national championship with Alabama? And yeah. what, what we remember is that Alabama played for the national championship how many times? Yeah. And and whether you were on that team or not, you still played for Alabama, and you still oh, yeah. were on a team that played for the. And then, I still yeah. want them to win when, when they're playing. You know, those I'm still. It's like I'm still there. You know, I still uh-huh. want. I still want them to win. You know. I, I was um we were we were we were in Washington DC and, and Ben and I were being honored mm-hmm. by all of this. So we we flew down, my family and I flew down. Eli Manning was quarterback, and then I think that was a game that they beat Florida, I think. I'm, if memory serves me correctly. So after the game, we were at the alumni house and there was a gentleman there. And this guy, you you ever heard of Primo's restaurant? Uh is that in Oxford? Uh, it, it was a national chain. It was in Jackson, and but this guy owned several Primos restaurants. He was okay. this guy was this guy he was, was old. Rich. He was he was old. He was old guy. <laughs> and so that was a that was a white guy. His name was Randy Reed. Okay, Randy Reed played with Archie Manning. <laughs> Randy okay. Reed was about five ten, freckles all over his face. <laughs> <laughs> and so this guy says, yeah, he he knew Ben Williams and Gary Turner. And, and and Gary said, James said, now look, yeah, you you traveled all over the world with NCIS. These guys, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, you gotta make them know who you were. You tell them, you know, that you did thus and so and thus and so and you play with Ben, you'll be fine. I said, don't be insulted when they when they put you with somebody else. Yeah. So this guy comes up and and all he hears is Reed. That's all he hears. Yeah. He doesn't hear James Reed, he hears Reed. He says, oh, you were the guy who played with Archie Manning. <laughs> and, 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 and you couldn't no, do anything but laugh. And, I, and uh, I said, no, sir. I said, I didn't play with Archie Manning. I played with B. Oh, you were that James Reed. You guys beat Tennessee, you know. And, you, right. you know, now, as Paul, uh, Paul Harvey would say, now comes the rest of the story. So this is the rest <laughs> of the story. But, you know, and, and then uh, Gary said, James, let me tell you about that guy. <laughs> and I said, okay. He said, you remember, you ever heard of Primo's restaurants? I said, yeah. He said, I forgot how many he owned. He said, this guy owned uh, X number of Primo's restaurants. In other words, this guy was a wealthy, wealthy, wealthy contributor. But you know, there he was on his walking. Oh, yeah, you played with Archie Man. <laughs> so I said, no, sir, I did not. But I played with Ben Williams. But then again, oh, you know, I, I mean, it, it, Ole Miss played Notre Dame. Uh-huh. In 1976, 76, I, I left in 75. Yeah. There was a guy named James Story who played at, uh, who was playing at that time. I remember. And James Story uh, ran the touchdown against Notre Dame. Of course, we beat, beat Notre Dame. Yeah. And someone said, well, didn't you play against Notre Dame? You scored the winning touchdown. Do, do, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> do you Again. know that we get uh, the WA, um, w, I can't remember what the, the, the ABC station in Birmingham gave Ole Miss a national championship trophy that year for beating Notre Dame. <laughs> we, we in Alabama declared Ole Miss national champion. <laughs> national champion. But, 
Yeah, I was. I played against Notre Dame and, and, and scored the winning touchdown. I said, no, I, I was sitting in the stands when it happened, but I didn't play that game. But again, the legacies, you know, you, you think about it. That's what, but again, going, going back to, I hate to digress, but going back to the, uh, to the NCIS piece, mm-hmm. um, I had that opportunity to work with those guys and in counterterrorism. And, you know, there were some great things that we did and, and, um, some um, some people uh, I had a, a hand in, uh, in in identifying in cases that those guys worked and they they were tremendous. Uh, you know, I was just a desk officer, as you very well know, and yeah. the liaison between those guys and you know various agencies throughout DC. And then I was traveling throughout DC briefing these folks on what these guys are doing. I had no clue what I was doing, but you know, <laughs> I was enjoying myself nevertheless. No, and, and even during the time that I worked for Texas Service Detail. I had a chance to meet a lady by the name of Dr. Condoleezza Rice. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, God, cool. Man, I, I met her. I shook her hand. And uh, Donald Rumsfeld was the Secretary of Defense at that time. Sure. And she uh, she was what, in a uh, national security advisor. The, for, for the, NAS, yeah, the national yeah. security advisor. Yeah. And, and, and uh, of course, we had a Russian delegation in town. And... Uh, so there we were. Hey, you know, we got to, we got these groups. We got this group coming in. They're coming in from Russia, and, and this is what they're going to do. You know, of course, you know how it is when you work yeah. in protective service details. You've got that itinerary, yeah. and you're going to be the guys who go and escort them to, you know, to George Tenet was 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 a director of CIA, I do believe. I was believe he? so. Yeah, yeah, I do believe so. Yeah, yeah. So we we didn't take them out to the CIA building, but we took them to his office downtown, and et cetera, et cetera. You, you take them to the mm-hmm. You know, you take them to the gate and drop them off, and that 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 uh, that security team would pick them up and take them forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, of course, we uh, they went to see George Bush in, in the White House, and et cetera, et cetera. And Secret Service took over that aspect of it. But then we we, we took them to see Dr. Condoleezza Rice, mm-hmm. and they said, "Hey, you know, she's going to have dinner with them at the Watergate Hotel." I said, "Okay." So, well, you know, still part of our detail. I was I was the uh, I was one of the advanced men and you know the, uh, doing advances for the team yeah and, and there again you know i had already met her previously at at a uh, at a conference mm-hmm. and 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 of course she walks up to me she says hey james reed how you doing special agent wow. reed, how you doing? and she shook still, my hand still remember and, uh, it, I, it's that she and donald rumsfeld I, it's what i remembered about them uniquely that no matter what whenever they saw you it may have been just me. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she's yeah. like, oh, you're the guy playing it all this. But whatever, whenever, they, whenever either one of them saw us, it was, how you doing? Called you by name. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Yeah. And, you know, and said, so this is Condoleezza Rice, who, 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 who took the time, or Donald Wormfield, who took his time to say thank you. And you know, that made you feel 10 feet tall. So there we were at the Watergate. Uh, hotel and of course she she comes up with her with her detail and and then of course we were there with with uh with our russian delegation and mm-hmm. you know again you know when would i ever have had an opportunity to do anything like that and then of course being in being in hawaii we knew you know you were the uh the, the gateway of for the people coming out of out of uh, southeast asia and constantly you know whether it was the minister of defense of japan or the minister of defense of the philippines you know, when whenever they showed up, you were on that detail. You know, I was on the you know, protective service detail team in Hawaii, so you had a chance to to you know to to work that aspect 
of of uh, of NCIS, and you got a chance to meet those people, and 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 there again, I just I still remember to this day uh, meeting Doctor Condoleezza Rice and shaking yeah, she's her hand. Impressive. Oh man, that that was she's that was that was unreal. But then again, of course, you know, uh, from from that point, it was down to Camp Lejeune, uh, North Carolina, where I worked as the ace as one of the uh, uh, SSAs there. And of course, you know, we rotated squads as SSAs and I started out working uh, family and sexual violence, went to uh, narcotics and then back to the general crime squad. Mm-hmm. And of course, it was during that time that uh, I wound up going to Iraq and uh, working uh, at Nizra Rock under Derek Kennedy and then mm-hmm. Joe Kennedy, two great guys. I learned yeah. a lot from those guys. And then, of course, you know, uh, back to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, which you, <laughs> which you, you like guys, I was looking, is a place you like to go. Uh, I was looking to go to uh, to Baghdad, but but then you said, "Well, Baghdad's full, but we got getting on. We need somebody down." Did to I tell on. you that? Because that must have been when I was working as the uh, as the like I used to call it the transportation officer. Yeah, yeah, whatever <laughs> you were doing, you, you were the one yeah. who said, "Well, let me let me check on this." But yeah, we, you called me back and said, "Hey, we got getting on. We need somebody getting on." I said, "Okay, great. I, I'll take getting on for another six months." And and there again, I mean, when would you ever have had that opportunity yeah. to? to do something like that mm-hmm. in your life. I mean, and, and now you look back at this stuff and you think, man, this is, you know, uh, as Urkel would say, did I do that? And the answer is, <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. You, you did. You, you. Again, oh, uh, you, the lives that you impacted with NCIS. Yeah. Um, you, you know, again, you know, you, uh, when you were working your cases, especially mm-hmm. your narcotics cases, you, yeah. you understood, you know, what you had to do to, even though a sailor had gotten in trouble, you knew what you had to do to, to help that sailor out, but you made sure you understood that in order for him to be helped out, he would have to do something for the command. And, and you know, as long as you had that relationship, then things were fine. And, and there were many guys that I, I worked who, who worked, helped me work cases, and you, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, sure. But but you you understood your lane in the road and the, and the power authority that you had to do those things and yeah. and uh you know if you could buy a guy three four five months time and uh, he so he could take care of his family then you know you, you did it and you know there were several guys that i worked with who worked well yeah. and uh and then we were able to make cases and and uh, they were able to to move forward in life and, and then yeah, you just sure. you know thank god that you were in a position to do those kinds of things yeah in, in a way you're doing that i mean i had those cases too in narcotics where you you know you're working with the guy becomes a source of yours and yeah you know you work and, and you're really trying to clean his life up and it's really kind of a time to mentor him to oh, kind yeah. of you know get move out of that part of his life i remember i had a guy who did that on one of our ships there in san diego and you know we caught him and he was you know, they, they were, he was lucky. The CEO said, listen, I was, I was going to take this guy to court martial, but you can, you can have him for two weeks. I'm going to add seven. And during that yeah. two no, weeks, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw a change from that sailor from being a dirtbag sailor, you know, that, yeah. that was selling dope to a guy goes, I mean, call him a capitalist, if you will. But he, uh, he goes, listen, I can get you five pounds of methamphetamine right now. And we were like going, no, there's uh, nobody can get that cut. You can't. Do, nobody does that. That's yeah. We're talking about Mister Big levels now. You know, with the Navy. Yeah. And sure enough, this guy makes one phone call. He goes, "Okay, make the deal at two o'clock this afternoon." 
And I call up a buddy of mine, our NIST guy that was assigned to the DEA task force and said, Hey, we got a guy who can do five pounds in the next two hours. Can you, can you guys roll on this? He goes, absolutely. Oh, so wow. He, this guy ended up going to work as a professional source for DEA. Uh, you, you and know, making money. Well, you know, I didn't, I didn't do five pound cases. We were doing ounce cases. But you're right. Man. That's the kind of yeah. case we worked. I mean, if you got an eight ball, yeah. You know, oh my God. You yeah. were, man, you were, you had scored big drugs, you know, it's yeah. crazy. We, we, we had, we had a guy who, 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 who uh, uh, did a similar thing. And he, of course he was, he was buying it into the family that DEA was investigating. And of course this guy just happened to be African-American, but he had that connection. Mm -hmm. And so we, we were, uh, we were able to flip him and he made, uh, he made the, he made the case. And he found out, he said, man, you know, I think I like this. And so he left, when he left the Navy, he went back to Texas to work as a source for DEA in Texas. I never, wow. you know, never knew what happened to him beyond that. But when he left, DEA had actually signed him up and, and he was headed back. But, but the family that they were working against was a notorious family uh, in, in Memphis that yeah, I, I controlled all the cocaine right. coming into Memphis during that time, and I'm thinking, man, this is crazy. That's dangerous you know, stuff. Yeah, in how you know, and, and again, you look at that some of the stuff that's going on today, and and you realize that you know that uh, that we were blessed, you know, that, that yeah. we didn't uh, we that we you know yeah that we're sitting here talking to each other right now. I mean, yeah, because you you didn't realize how dangerous these guys really were that you were dealing with. You know, it's, you thought it's you know, okay. Real yeah. dangerous world now. That's oh, for yeah. sure. Wow. But it, it, yeah, but no, no dangerous than being than than, being, than playing against Woodrow Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great place to end this right now because I got to tell you one last thing, James. What was your favorite assignment with NCIS? Do you have Man, a favorite? Do you have a favorite assignment? There were so many that yeah. you know. Looking back, there were so many, I, and I, I would say, um, uh, uh, being at Camp Lejeune. And, and certainly uh, uh, the tail end of the global war on terror and going to Iraq and, and working with Derek and Joe Kennedy, yeah. um, you know, it, it, from, from, from an aspect of being in, in, in that area and, and, and working, uh, it was uh, so very fascinating. Here I am in the Middle East mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, place again, you know, you, you know, you looked on the map and you saw, you know, you saw Iraq and you saw Iran and you saw, you know, road to Spain and whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden now, of course, road to Spain, far crap from there, but yet yeah, still, you, you thought about, you know, I've, I've been here, I've been there, but now I'm going to the Middle East. I actually flew into Germany and Germany on to uh, Bahrain and then uh, Bahrain uh, on to uh, Kuwait and Kuwait into Iraq. Yeah. But, you know, again, I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd ever done anything like that. But that was, and, you know, thank you, know, thank you, Nis, for the uh, 26 years of, of, of putting up with me and allowing me to, <laughs> to, 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 to touch elbows with a guy named Lee Clements from Alabama. Gosh, dog. <laughs> you, 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 I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know how to say, what to say about that, but okay, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> James, man, it's great talking to you. And I'm so excited that you came on the show, um, the podcast today. This is, we have talked to James Reed today, just a wonderful guy, uh, a guy that I, I've, I've met with my first contact with NIST. I met him that day 
and it's I'm great to still uh, it's great to still be talking to him today. So, but, 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 but as we as we wrap this thing up, let me say I, I truly apologize for my rambling back and forth. But you know, it, the only way that would have happened had I not I've been talking to a guy by the name of Lee Clemens. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> we have well, down through the years we have laughed and talked many a day about many yeah. things, especially when it comes yeah. to SEC sports and those kinds of things, and certainly the NCIS piece. But Lee, thank you so very much for taking time to to put up with me this morning. Thank you I'll so tell much, you something, Jake. It has been a, it's been a complete honor and pleasure. And uh, like I said, SEC football is the the greatest football in, in the world. And uh, oh we my were, God, we were we were both um, we both were had the pleasure of, of being a part of that. Whether it's hotty toddy or roll tag, we better part of it. That's right, my friend. Hey, Take listen. care, brother. God bless you. And, God bless uh, you and, too. And we'll talk to you soon. I want to thank James Reed for coming on the show and telling this amazing story about his career and also his barrier-breaking achievement at the University of Mississippi as a star running back. If you like this podcast, please leave a review. Five-star review helps the show keep going. So until next time, fair winds and following seas.